0: Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. My name is Thomas Majors, and I'm joined by David Haynes. Our topic today is spiritual health of the pastor. Now, spiritual growth is an important aspect of any person's life, whether it be the pastor or whether it be just a church member. We need to grow up in the body of Christ, and we really do so through various means. For the majority of Christians, they do so through weekly attendance, of church gatherings. They meet with other Christians and talk about the Bible, about sanctification and other areas of the Christian life. They gather to listen to a sermon by a person who has studied and who has prepared a message so that message is applicable to the given audience. But what about the preacher? So you know, right. what about the pastor? And David, we
1: really came by this question by one of your church members. Yeah, I had a church member text me and said, uh, the congregation has a pastor, but who does the pastor have? And that is what led us, has led us down this rabbit hole, this rabbit trail, thinking about who we have to pour into our lives.
0: So really what we're doing is approaching this to answer the question, you know, how does a preacher maintain a healthy relationship? We're wanting the spiritual health of the pastor to be good. That's so, right. But this is a little bit different, though, isn't it? Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about burnout. This is different than burnout. So, David, what's what's the difference between like burnout and spiritual health of the pastor?
1: Okay, two ideas I want to share and then see if you support these. I believe that burnout is different from the spiritual health of a pastor. In number one, the warning signs of burnout are sometimes external your family may see it, your friends may see it, your church may see it. Man, I think our pastor is burned out. He's been going and he is fatigued. I believe if a pastor is spiritually unhealthy, the warning signs may not be evident to others. It may be more internal. And then the second thing I would like to share is I believe that a spiritually, uh, being spiritually unhealthy may be harder to recover from than simply being burned out because at the heart of this matter is a spiritual issue or maybe even it's a sin issue that needs to be dealt with in the life of the pastor.
0: Burnout and what we're talking about today, the spiritual health of the pastor is different. It's different because, I mean, burnout is doing the work of the ministry while being tired, but I would also even say, you know, one of the antecedents for burnout is that the pastor is spiritually unhealthy. You know, that can lead to burnout as well, and David kind of mentioned that when he was talking about sin. Sin in the pastor's life, of course, can lead to burnout. So when the pastor begins to become weak, he will eventually burn out because of that. So how can a pastor, you know, stay spiritually healthy? And let me just say as I go through this that you know, I've experienced this in my life. I've experienced those times where I felt like I was spiritually unhealthy. And if we're being honest, and I hope that we all are because We need to take those times where we can self-evaluate, look at ourselves in the mirror to determine our own spiritual health. And there are times, I believe all of us, we get into patterns, whether it's patterns of disobedience, patterns of neglect, whatever it may be. We do not take care of the spiritual aspect of our lives and our body. So it can definitely happen. Yeah.
1: Do you have any, have you ever experienced anything similar? Yes, absolutely. I identify with everything that you've said. And I really think that one of the biggest difficulties of maintaining a healthy spiritual diet for a pastor is because we don't have a, Pastor, we're whenever we are in church, most likely we are preaching and we are we are consuming information to then share that information. And it is it is difficult. It is difficult. But as you said, there are ups and there are downs. We must see if there is a tendency that is coming that is unhealthy. We must avoid it. We must repent. We must make our hearts right with the Lord. We must become healthy once again. And it's very easy for us to do to get
0: to that place where we're spiritually unhealthy and all it takes is for a pastor to have a church member in, in a distant city. And they're having to drive two hours to the hospital. Well, that's two hours there. That's two hours back. There's the time in the hospital and all of the other ministry things. And the next thing, you know, they're neglecting, they're getting up they're saying, "Oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to do that," and they're rushing off to get the work of the ministry done, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily taking care of themselves spiritually. And I would even say that it goes into them to not taking care of themselves physically either, because right. they're riding in that vehicle and they're eating McDonald's food on <laughs> the way, and they're <laughs> chugging back a milkshake, and and they're just letting themselves go because they got to get things done yeah they need to check off this box they need to do this and it's easy to let some things slide to the wayside but also on the flip side of that I would say that there have been times in my life where where I felt spiritually healthy yeah where where it just seemed like whatever happened I was drawing upon those resources of of my relationship with Christ, the spiritual empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And so I there, even though I say, yes, I've struggled, I would say the majority of the time, I, I would hope and I yeah. that I'm I'm ministering from being spiritually healthy. But how does a pastor remain or keep himself spiritually healthy? when he doesn't have a pastor like
1: church members. That's do. right. Yeah, Thomas, I think that's maybe the million dollar question for this. And we're gonna spend a good bit of time here discussing kind of what we do. And really I'm gonna spend some time discussing what I do and you're gonna share some time, spend some time sharing kind of what you do. A sermon prep is such a benefit. We know that there are sermons to be preached weekly at our churches. And so as we get into that sermon prep, we get to read. We get to read those guys who have maybe been dead for decades, but we get to read them and honestly, I feel like I know Jay Vernon McGee. I do. I have been reading him for almost 20 years now, weekly. And I feel like I know Jay Vernon McGee. I, I, I read John MacArthur weekly. I feel like I know John MacArthur. I, I feel like I know John Phillips. Some of these guys that I read weekly, I feel like I know them. And my sermon prep, really, those guys, through the written word, are pouring into me through that sermon prep.
0: So definitely— One of the parallels we would say is like a church member has someone that is speaking Mm -hmm. orally into their life and into their Christian walk through preaching. And with pastors, with us, we have people who are speaking into our spiritual life, even though they may be dead, they are still speaking to us through their written word and what they have uh, written in commentaries and other types of means. And there's different commentaries, yeah, definitely different commentaries. And so some commentaries are very uh, the ones that you have mentioned are very pastoral in nature. They're not necessarily what we would describe as technical, right, but they are definitely pastoral. so they're going to give application and they're going to they're going to really apply that to the person who's reading it and it can be. It can be an act of worship Mm -hmm. to read through J. Vernon McGee or John Phillips or John MacArthur. And and so it is them speaking into our life through that reading.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thomas, I also think about podcasts. I listen to a few podcasts about every week. I listen to a Robert J. Morgan. He has a podcast going right now about the biblical or the Christian founding of America. I listen to Five Minutes in Church History. It is a fantastic podcast. You and I are really good friends with the Imperfect Church podcast guys, Ryan Reed, John Martin. They don't have any sense, but boy, they are fun to listen to. If you're one of our listeners, you very well could love the Imperfect Church podcast, and I listen. the podcast. And as a podcast listener, I develop a one-way relationship with the guys that are that are teaching, that are leading. And Thomas, just to be honest, it's very humbling. There are listeners of ours who have a one-way relationship with us. We may never shake their hands. We may never really know them, but they listen, and we appreciate their listenership, and, and we are contributing to their spiritual health, just as the guys at the podcast I've just mentioned, they have contributed to my spiritual health. I would agree. and. And podcasts are, well, they're not necessarily
0: new, but they are very popular right now. And I listen to podcasts. We're traveling. Preachers spend a lot of time on the road. And we could waste that time or we can redeem that time. And I, I like to redeem that time by listening to podcasts. Every morning when I get up, I listen to a podcast while I'm, I'm running I listen to podcasts while I'm driving down the road. I listen to the Imperfect Podcast and the Gospel Rain Podcast, and and I also listen to one that is a well. It's called New Testament Review, I believe it is, and it's by two Duke uh, University PhD students. Some would not find that very edifying. Okay? I, I think you're saying some, as in David Haynes would not find <laughs> that very edifying. Some some would not find it edifying. All they do is take a book about some topic in the New Testament and they review it. So they review books by Rudolf Bultmann and they they review books by Bauer and others. And, and so, yeah, that's not for everybody, but, but I find it very stimulating and I like to, I like to think about the Bible and think about God and that just helps me That helps me do so. But podcasts, yeah, yeah, man, podcasts are great for pastors.
1: Yeah, discipleship groups. Those guys that I meet with on a regular basis are such a blessing to my life, and they help hold me accountable. Man, I think it's really good. Also, at our church, we're doing a monthly Bible reading plan, and I see our people going through, right now we're reading through the book of Acts. I'm reading through the book of Acts. So are they, and we're talking about that, discussing it. Man, I think it is really, really good.
0: We cannot end this podcast without talking about Bible reading for the pastor. The pastor has to read the Bible. And the pastor needs to read the Bible apart from his sermon preparation. It can be edifying, and it is edifying to read and to study and to prepare sermons. But also, we just need to read the Bible to read the Bible and not... As part of some type of study, I get up every morning. I get up. This is my routine. I get up at five. I go running. And while I'm running, I listen to a podcast. And when I get back home, I read my Bible reading and I take a moment and have prayer time. And I get ready for the day, and then I'm out the door, and whatever happens, you know, happens. Yeah. But I have that time in the morning. Thomas, do you always
1: read through the same translation of the Bible, or do you mix up your translations?
0: No, currently I'm reading from the New American Standard. Last year I read from the New Living Translation. Ah. And the year before that, I think I read from the NIV. Yeah. And, and so I— tr- I change every year. I do
1: too. Right now I'm reading through uh, in the English standard version. That's what I like right now. Another thing that I added to my life was I downloaded the Logos app on my phone and I had always been a read your Bible daily from a from a from a physical copy of the Bible, uh, but I, I just wanted something different. And so I'm doing it now from my, through my phone and it just makes it fun. Uh, what does that word mean? I hold it in a little bit. I, I tap on that word and well, it shows me the Greek word and it shows me all the stuff that Logos does. And it is a free app. Anybody can have it on their phone. And it just, it, right now, it's new. What new? I've been doing it for 16 months, but, but it's new and it's fun and it's different and it makes it enjoyable for me.
0: That's the app that I use every morning. Morning, and I have a plan right now. Last few years, I've developed my own plan where I go through the books and I make Proverbs come up every month. I'm yeah. reading through the book of Proverbs every month. But this year I decided to do something different. And I just picked one of their plans to go through. And I think I'm reading the M. Cheyenne plan or uh-huh. something. And I like it because when you get finished with one part, you say you hit that button next. And it takes you to the next passage and then you get to a part when you finish your reading for the day, you hit red and Uh it clicks it off and notches it on your, uh, your reading plan. Yeah. Yeah. and it keeps up
1: with it for you so we stay spiritually healthy through Bible reading man I yeah. agree with that. Thomas something that is really beneficial in my life is visiting other churches while on vacation. if we're now if we are if we're at Disney World of course you can't visit First Baptist Disney World but if there's any way at all that we're gonna that we can be in church whenever I'm out of church, We're going to be in a church, and hey, I've attended your church just on a just on a vacation Sunday. I I attend churches that are within driving distance, just an hour down the road, two hours down the road, and I kind of go as a secret spy. I want to, I want to, I want to kind of decipher what's that guy doing. How secret shopper? That's it. I'm a secret shopper. That's it, man. And I love to do that because I am a church nerd, and I love to go and see how that church functions and how they do a Sunday morning service. But it is so beneficial. To just be under the preaching ministry where we don't have to do anything. There's no prep. All it is is sitting back, singing, worshiping, and then listening. We don't even have to give an offering at those other churches. So it's a good Sunday, man.
0: (laughs) So one of the things that a pastor needs to do as well, and that is listen to sermons. We need to go, we need to be under preaching. And however that may come about, you and I, we go to the pastor's conference every month. So every month, at least one time out of that month, we're going to be preached to by some, yeah, yeah, twice. We have two preachers on those days. And so we're going to have preaching, live in-person preaching someone in front of us. But then there are also times where we can listen to sermons. We can watch someone on television, or we can listen to someone on the radio, or we can even listen to some of the, sermon podcast
1: that's right yeah
0: i find that very edifying i like doing that and i also like reading sermons as well so of course i have on my logos i have every sermon that charles spurgeon of his spurgeon collection it's into the thousands of yeah. sermons and i like i like reading those i like reading martin Luther's sermons and john Calvin's sermons and and others from history, to uh, to see what they were saying to their congregation, and allowing not just for research purposes, but I like reading them
1: to to allow that word to speak that's into it. my life for your as spiritual well. health. Yeah, that's right. And You know, Thomas, I don't want to give you the big head here, but one thing I actually wrote down the plan to say is that. Our friendship. Now, I'm, I, we have other friends or other friends who, who who we benefit from, but I have benefited from my friendship with you, and it has challenged me. I have always looked at you as more intellectual than I am. Now, podcast listeners, it's not the case. Yeah, <laughs> but I've always looked at you as more intellectual, and and whenever we do this podcast i know that i've got to be on my on my game to have something to say so that so that you don't have all the good information and so our friendship challenges us and i would i would say to a pastor have somebody that challenges you. Have somebody you can call and you can ask about John chapter 3. Hey, what do you think Jesus said to Nicodemus? What do you think this means? And you can have some dialogue and some discussion in a very respectful way. And you and I agree on almost everything. We agree on almost everything, but it's the dance theologically that we do that has enhanced my life. And
0: of course, we do the podcast together, but our, and our listeners know that we don't do it weekly. We release them weekly, but we spend an afternoon. And we may not talk every week by phone, but a lot of times we'll send a text. And like the other day, I asked you about something and we yeah. just kind of text back and forth. And so we're, I would agree, I'm learning from you. And that relationship, we're able to disciple each other through this relationship. like. Uh, well, like Barnabas and Paul, you know, just, just walking beside each other and and discipling along the way.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Thomas, one, one last thing I would like to add is something that Robert Coleman said in his 2010 book, The Master Plan of Evangelism. He says this, in time, obedient followers invariably take on the character of their leader. I think it's a big deal. We as pastors need to stay spiritually healthy because others will take on our character. Others will take on our spiritual health, you might even say. So I think that would encourage us to take on the character of Christ, kind of like what Paul said, imitate me because I'm imitating him. And I believe it's a really strong encouragement for us to be spiritually healthy because those who follow us will one day look a lot like us. One of the Things that we haven't talked
0: about either is devotion books. Wonder if you use a devotion book or if you use or if you read Christian living books. I do not. I do not read a devotion and I do not read christian living books you know like max lucado and things like that do
1: you do that okay i have i have read like a 365 days with johnny hunt i have done two johnny hunt studies uh, maybe 10 years ago i've done i did two of those they were really good i enjoyed those um i have read probably 12 to 15 Max Licato books. I really enjoy reading those because it changes my perspective. If you've never read Max Licato's book on David, I don't remember now what the title of it is. If I knew you were going to ask this, I would have looked it up. His book on David defeating Goliath is the absolute best I've ever read because of his descriptive quality of what all is happening. A Licato book for me is a audio movie. I can see it. I don't know how he is so descriptive and he reading his books helps the descriptive nature of my preaching. But I have not read a Max Likato book in probably four years. Shame on me. And I've not done one of those uh, daily devotional studies in probably 10 years. But now that's not, I, I've been the last two years, and two and a half, three years, I've been really busy with doctoral work. I could see myself digesting many Max Likato books over the next decade. Uh, but then again, I may not. But yes, yeah, so that's something I have done and I enjoy doing. So it's definitely something that Pastors use and
0: can use to become spiritually healthy and it's interesting to me that that you've done so and i i don't i don't care for that at all i don't even if i if I get done with my doctoral work i'm not i don't see myself <laughs> reading you know books like
1: that but I, and i don't know why i just i just don't okay now see, I want to write like that. That's the whenever I read Max Locato, it spurs me to say, I, c- I could do this. I've just concluded that we're concluding this Sunday at Trinity Baptist, uh, seven-week series in the book of Esther. And and as I've been preaching through this, I thought it wouldn't take much to write all of this, to change these sermons into chapter, book, chapter format. And that's why I like to read Locato. It spurs something in me that I want to do one day. I'm weird. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're weird. <laughs> So we've been
0: talking about the spiritual health of the pastor. And David, I I just want you to recap that last thing that you said from your notes. What's the main goal for us in the spiritual health of the pastor?
1: The main goal in the spiritual health of the pastor is to lead people to take on the character of Christ. We are to imitate Christ. We are to point people to Christ. And as our people and our churches follow us and our leadership, they're to see Jesus in us and they are to take on the character, which is ultimately from Christ. So we definitely, we we wanna grow in our
0: relationship with Christ and then people can follow our example and our lives will point them to Christ.
1: That's good. Thomas, today we've been able to discuss a lot about the spiritual health of the pastor. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Join us again next time.